Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. An expert in human development told me that a person's foundation of faith and character is solidified by about 14 years old. That means if your child receives proper nurturing, discipline, and education, including attending Sunday school regularly before age 14, they are likely to turn out well. After 14, they may go astray and explore dangerous territories like most teenagers. You'll feel frustrated as parents as they stop listening to you, but rest assured because they will turn around later and build their life on the foundation they received before 14. The spiritual journey of human is somewhat like salmon fish. Young salmons leave home and travel all over the oceans. But no matter how far they go, they still find their way to their birthplace to spawn. They don't waste time looking for another habitat. Therefore, do everything you can to nurture your children, grandchildren, or any children under your care before they are 14. And don't worry after that because you cannot do anything about them anyway. You can only give them non-anxious nudges, pray for them, and leave the rest to God. If we review our own childhood, we will find this pattern pretty accurate. We all meander through life after 14, but our spiritual anchor stays in the same place with few exceptions. I wonder how God arranged a perfect habitat to raise his son on earth. If God chose Mary because she was the perfect mother for Jesus, God must have chosen Joseph because he was the ideal father for Jesus' forming years. I hardly talked about Joseph because during the Christmas season, we mainly focus on Mary, her faith, her courage, and her sacrifice to be the mother of Jesus. During this season, we are also busy with other special music and celebrations that often crowd out our attention on Joseph as if he was just a minor role in the Christmas pageant. However, the role of the father is almost equally important to provide stability in raising a healthy child, physically, mentally, and spiritually. According to developmental psychologists, a child growing up without a father could be devastating, even though not as devastating as without a mother. I grew up without both during those years, so I know what they mean. Some might argue that Jesus doesn't need an earthly father since he is God's son. So they treat Joseph as a non-essential figure in Jesus' life. However, since Jesus was also fully human, as he is fully God, he also needed a normal family to grow up healthily. Even though the Bible doesn't give us much information about Joseph, we discover he could be a model of a loving husband and a great father based on what we know about him. 
The last time we read about Joseph in the Bible is when Jesus was about 12 or 13, when they went to Jerusalem for the Passover. Some historians assert that Joseph died in a construction accident. The Bible says he was a carpenter, but he could also be equivalent to today's architect because the term architect came from Greek architecton, from the root tecton, which means carpenter, builder, or master of art and engineering. As a man from the Davidic lineage, he was likely to be well-educated in the scriptures and prepared to be responsible for teaching his children. We know Jesus also learned carpentry from him. Even though the Bible didn't mention how Joseph disappeared, at least we know he was there for Jesus' forming years and played an essential role in Jesus' physical, mental, and spiritual upbringing. He was chosen to bring up Emmanuel, God's presence, God with us on earth. Since the scripture lesson for today, the fourth Sunday in Advent, focuses on Joseph, let's look at why God chose him as an earthly father to raise Jesus. Along the way, we will also learn how to be a person chosen by God to fulfill God's purpose on earth. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the Keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. Matthew 1, 18-25. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. If your fiancé came to you one day and told you, Honey, I'm pregnant, but it's not your child, how would you respond? Then if she said, By the way, nobody is the father. I am conceived by the Holy Spirit. Would you believe her? When Joseph heard Mary was pregnant, he tried to figure out a way to get rid of her. It was a normal reaction for a man until he had a dream. Let's look at Joseph's character based on this story. 
I believe these are the character traits of people God uses. If you want to be used by God to foster God's presence on earth, you may want to develop these characters. Number one, nurture noble empathy. The Bible says, her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Verse 19. Here, you might wonder why Joseph was described as her husband, even though they were only engaged, but not yet married. In those days, an engagement vow is legally binding as a marriage vow. With a significant amount of dowry given to the bride and her family to show the seriousness of the intention, it begins a long process of wedding planning. Even in China nowadays, they call each other husband and wife, lao po, lao gong, right after the engagement. So canceling engagement in Joseph's day is equal to divorce. That's why some Bible translations use the word divorce instead of dismiss. The verse says Joseph was a righteous man, and his righteousness is shown in his noble empathy. Caring about Mary's future, in her public disgrace. Joseph might be around 18 to 20 years old because that's the average age for marriage in those days. And Mary would be a few years younger. Some historians believe Mary would be as young as 14. So you might say they were just kids, but the context they grew up might have forced them to mature earlier than our generations. We protect our children much longer these days. In any case, Joseph seemed to be very considerate for such a young age. By quietly dismissing her, he would lose his right to reclaim the dowries. If he went to court to divorce, he would get his money back and maintain his reputation. Mary would be punished for adultery. According to the Levitical law, she could be stoned to death. But in those days, they were under the rule of the Roman Empire, and the capital punishment was reserved for the Roman government only. In any case, her reputation would have been ruined. Mary knew the risk at the moment she accepted the responsibility. However, the quiet divorce would not stop Mary's pregnancy. She would still give birth to a child. People might think the child was Joseph's. In that case, he would be the one to be blamed. Maybe that was his intention. He rather let his reputation be ruined than allow Mary to be punished. His sacrificial empathy is noble. It may be because he was a direct descendant of King David and carried David's character. Even though his generation is no longer as glamorous, his character was built through his upbringing in studying the scriptures. The scripture promised that God's kingdom would be reestablished through the descendants of King David. So every generation received education to maintain their nobility and stay alert for the coming of the Messiah. That leads to the second character trait that qualified him to be the father of Jesus. Number two, develop a spiritual discernment. The Bible says, but just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for a child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse twenty. Here you might wonder how a dream could justify such an important decision. The answer is discernment. Spiritual discernment has become a lost art in our modern days. We know how to pray, but we don't know how to listen to God's answer. It's like we talk to God on the phone with a mouthpiece without an earpiece. The skill of listening to God's voice or reading the handwriting in the sky is known as spiritual discernment. Sometimes God talks to us through nature, sometimes through an impression, and sometimes through a dream. In the dream, the angel called him Joseph, son of David. It reminded him of his royal lineage. King David was great at discernment, and the Bible described David as a man after God's own heart. First Samuel thirteen fourteen. Discernment also makes you creative because you have God's presence with you. You are inspired. We know that David was a shepherd, a musician, poet, a military strategist, a warrior, and a king. A well-rounded man. He had his share of failure as human, but his discernment always brought him back to God's presence. Now the question is, how do you know your dream carries a message from God? Anyone can say. God told me this, or God showed me that. What if your dream is from the devil instead? Spiritual discernment also involves differentiating the voice of the Holy Spirit from the unclean spirit. You need authentications or confirmations, at least two. When the angel told him that the child Mary conceived was from the Holy Spirit, that affirmed what Mary had told her. That's the first confirmation. The angel also told him that it was according to the prophecy of the scripture. That's the second confirmation. I call it the trifactor of discernment. One, you see a sign, hear a voice, or have a dream. Second, the message is affirmed by a godly person. Thirdly, the message is affirmed by the scriptures. When you have the trifactor. There's a high certainty that you have received a message from the head office. Develop spiritual discernment, and you will find yourself useful for fulfilling God's purposes on earth. Lastly, number three, take passionate action. The scripture says, "When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife." But had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. Verses twenty-four to twenty-five. Discernment without action is useless. Taking half-hearted or lukewarm action is also as bad. One of the reasons you don't take action is due to doubt. If you doubt your discernment. You might become wishy-washy in your action. Last week we talked about how to overcome doubt, and how God detests doubters because they are unstable in every way. Another reason you might not take action is that you fear the future consequences. You don't know what the future brings. Since this child was to be a king, there could be sabotage and bloodshed. For example, King Herod tried to kill the child. 
and they had to escape to Egypt and live there as refugees until Herod died. Being a refugee in a foreign land is not fun. However, we see that Joseph was not a wishy-washy person. Like King David, he was decisive. Once you have the trifecta of discernment, you must take passionate action and avoid lukewarmness. This passage also depicts a beautiful love story if you know how to see it. Joseph loved Mary enough to cover her shame at the beginning of hearing about her pregnancy. Now, when he had discerned that the child was truly from the Holy Spirit and the prophesied Savior, he joined Mary to overcome all the obstacles to come. We can say he was a passionate husband, a humble servant of God, and a brave earthly father to raise God's son. We can say like King David, he was also a warrior. His determination fulfilled God's plan to save us from this sea of suffering. As the angel told him, he will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 21, after the child was born, he named him Jesus. According to the first century Jewish tradition, you claim the child as your own when you name the child. That means Joseph adopted Jesus as his own son instead of just acting like his half-father or stepfather. He took passionate and decisive action to nurture God's presence on earth. Now we are near the end of the year. We don't know what the new year holds because it's another uncharted territory. Some economists say the recession will continue and inflation will rise higher at least until the end of the year. But we are secured by the most beautiful message of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. The days of Joseph were much worse than our days, but he had the opportunity to bring up God's presence on earth in a special way. And so do we in our own ways for our times. All we need is to develop the character traits of people God uses particularly the noble empathy, spiritual discernment, and passionate action. With that, we can navigate any uncharted water. No matter what happens next year, it will be the year of Emmanuel, God with us. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, Keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.